and welcome to the Run Today podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simmons. With me, as always, is Kamala. How are you doing, Cam? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good now after that <laughs> conversation with Devin. Right? Our guest Unreal. today is Devin Klein, and this guy might be the most inspirational, energetic human being that I've ever talked to. Yeah. What do you think? Just from the interview, I was jacked. I was like, I don't even need run gum anymore. I just listen I, to him. That's what I said at the end of the interview. I'm like, I, we send run gum to every one of our guests, but I'm like, I don't even know if you need it, man. You are just so high on life. <laughs> so And I cool. can see why. He comes from a really, you know, difficult background. And when he gets yeah. into it, I'm just like, my heart goes out to this poor kid, you know, when he was younger, mm-hmm. but he just uses it as this like reminder of where he came from and what he wants his life to be like. And yeah. he's not afraid to go out and tackle the goals, you know, that he's passionate about. And that's why he's had so much success. Yeah, it's fueled him and inspired him to start Burn Boot Camp and work on changing the world. I truly believe that he will with after hearing his story and hear what he's going after. Yeah, I I, I call it one stop shop. You can get information, you can get inspiration, you can get motivation. I mean, the guy does it all. It's it's I mean, he's truly building an empire. It's so cool. Um, You know, and I just he goes back to talking about resilience Mm -hmm. um, and he looks back on his childhood and he says, at the time, I'd have traded anything to get out of that situation. But today, at the age of 31, he looks back as as that time is defining who he is as a man today, yep. making him more resilient, helping solidify his relationship with his wife, who he met at the age of 12, which I think is awesome. <laughs> so cool. Such a great interview. I'm not going to give it all away. Let's get right into it. Here he is, Devin Klein. All right, here he is calling from Huntersville, North Carolina. It's Devin Klein. Devin, how you doing? What's up, Nick? How's it going, my friend? Thanks for having me today. Super excited. No, I'm excited. I love all of our guests, but I feel like you and I are kind of walking a similar path. Athlete to CEO, it's not always the easiest transition. I can't wait to dig into all of the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't uh, the easiest thing being an elite athlete, first and foremost, and then taking that like world that you know, you was like so connected to your identity, right? And then it's just, you know, transitioning out of that was was super tough too. But uh, only the strong survive and few people can do it. And guys like you and myself, I think we connect because, you know, you feel the feel the struggles, you feel the pains of going through that. But yeah, on the other side of uh, the pain is the growth, right? What I, what I tell people when I'm talking about that transition, I say, you know, on the one hand, being an elite athlete gives you the characteristics that make a great CEO or great entrepreneur. We're resilient. We handle disappointment well. We like to work hard. Those are things that make a great athlete and a great entrepreneur. But what what people don't know is that when you're an elite athlete, you have all of these people helping you out, right? You've got your trainer, your physio, your doctor, your coach, and they're bending over backwards to help you. As an entrepreneur, you don't always have that kind of help. Is that kind of been the uh, the experience that you've had? Yeah, no, I mean, you're on an island, right? I mean, it's when, once you kind of leave the organization, in my case, I was a professional athlete, played a uh, baseball player, I played with the San Francisco Giants in their in their minor league system for three seasons. And, you know, you're right. You just got, you have so much support around you. And like, you know, and then to add to that, then you only have X amount of teams that you're facing that are your competition during a season during, in the minor leagues, 142 games. But then you transition to this business world where like everyone's trying to kick your ass 24-7, 365, everyone in the world. So like your competition is global, which for athletes, it's exciting. It's scary at first. But once you realize that like nobody's going to feel sorry for you and you got to go out there and you got to make it happen, you got to kind of take life, then uh, 
it brings back those competitive juices. Yeah. It brings back that hustle mentality. And uh, I, I was never, I was never the most talented athlete. So I always, had, I, I always had, I always had, I always had to hustle, always had to put the work in. So yeah. just part of my nature now. And you know, uh, so I'm, I'm reminded, you know, when when you're an athlete, it's a 24/7 job. You know, you're you're living a lifestyle, and as an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. You're always on call. You're always working. You know, the business is like a, it's like a little child that always needs your attention. And and I guess I guess I'm used to it, and, and as 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 you are as well. But we're gonna talk business a lot in the second half of the episode. But first, we gotta hear about how you got to where you are today. Uh, you mentioned that you grew up in Michigan, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, my father was in and out of prison. Great guy at heart. Just was addicted to the bottle addicted to, you know, some pretty hard drugs. My mom left me when I was, when I was just 13 years old. So not to get sympathy, but just to kind of give you context of, you know, where I come from, came from a place of a lot of pain and, you know, no financial freedom and growing up in, in baseball, that was like my only escape from my home life. My father, you know, tended to uh, get the bottle to his lips and, and get extremely physical with my, my siblings and I. So I was, because of that, drawn to the place where I felt in control. And that's when I had a baseball in my hand. And, uh, you know, when I was standing up on there on the mound or in the weight room, I was the only one in control of what was about to happen next. And so I gravitated towards that. It was my escape. And like I mentioned, I was never the most talented, but I would never be outworked. Like still to this day, no one outworks me in my eyes. And it was, I think, my biggest advantage. You know, the disadvantage you grow up with, you hear this so many times in entrepreneurship, is like the ones that were the most disadvantaged are now leveraging that disadvantage to create success for themselves because they see and they felt the pain of being on the other side of that. And so I think it was a blessing in disguise. I wouldn't change, wouldn't trade it uh, for anything. And, you know, you asked me when I'm 14 years old, probably wouldn't have been the case. Yeah. I was a little punk kid that, uh, you know, was rebellious against the world because it was everyone else's fault, but my own. And so now it's really shaped who I am. I also met my wife when I was 12 years old too. And wow. she was, yeah, well, she wasn't my wife when I was 12. Uh, she was my she was my girlfriend at the time, yeah. if you want to call it that. I'd say puppy love. And we we fell uh, fell for each other right away, been together ever since, off and on through high school, stayed together through college. But she was my rock as well as baseball through those rough early times as I was kind of uh, forced to become a man before yeah. I was actually a man. You know, sometimes when you don't have that strong nuclear family, you kind of have to create it for yourself. It just sounds like what you've done. Yeah, I use I use personal development. Honestly, I found a quick little story when I was 15 years old. And I write about this in my book, Stop Starting Over. When I was 15 years old, I found a personal power CD-ROM. Like I'm only 31, but like still I had CDs, <laughs> yeah. right? Like Sony Walkman. And uh, I didn't have a, a ride to school every day. So I would ride my bike and I found the personal power Tony Robbins CD. And I put that in my Sony Walkman as I'm riding my bike to school. And honestly, that's probably the point when I really started taking control of my mentality when I was actually able to get another perspective of somebody doing it that was someone that was unfamiliar to me at the time because my parents, my father, my father's, his father, his father before him come from a long line of alcoholics. All my uncles are drug addicts. And so I had no one around me. So that was probably the moment in time when things like really started to click for me. Yeah, so often we gravitate to our fathers or an uncle or a big brother to be our mentors, but a mentor can come in a lot of different ways. It could be a coach. It could be Tony Robbins, you know, talking to you through your Walkman earphones, but you got to find somebody that's going to kind of snap you out of your reality. And, and as I was listening to your story, I so often tell our, our listeners and, and tell my, my followers, hey, you got to play the hand you're dealt. 
Some of us are dealt full houses and some of us are dealt a 2-7 off suit. But no matter what, you've got to play the hand you're dealt. And what I am, am so impressed by your story is, yeah, maybe you weren't dealt that perfect hand, but you didn't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. You recognized that your hard work was going to allow you to play that hand better than anybody else. And it's exactly what you did. Yeah, it's, it's not your fault. Like what happens to you sometimes, like it's not your fault, but it's definitely your obligation and your responsibility to fix it because no one else is going to do it for you. So sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself and saying, oh, why me? Like Tony says it best. You know, I started listening to CDs. Like when you ask yourself better questions, you're going to get better answers. So instead of sitting around asking why me, I started turning that into like, how can I? And, you know, that classic switch in, in that language, you know, really allows you to get a better answer. And for me, that was, I mean, having that mentor, like, I wish I had a coach. I wish I had a teacher. I wish I had a follow, but none of that stuff was my fault. There was outside of my control, but what I could control was going out. How can I find a mentor going to seek them? And even though he didn't know me at the time, we know each other. Now I, I actually got a chance to meet him out in San Jose, but at the time he didn't even know. And he helps millions of people that he doesn't know. So that was the spark for me. And it, you know, it definitely is your obligation, your responsibility to fix the situation that someone else put you in because it's your life, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm reminded of my, my own story in a, in a little way. I was the smallest kid in my high school, male or female. I was 90 pounds, five feet tall. Not exactly the guy that, that varsity soccer teams and football teams are putting on the field. So they said, Hey, Nick, go out and run cross country. And that was me playing the hand that I was dealt. I, I realized that I was getting benched at soccer practice, soccer games. But if I went out for the cross country team, everyone got the same amount of playing time. Everyone got the same opportunity and my hard work would pay me dividends and I can shape my own future. That's what you did out there on that baseball, man. You trained your ass off. You did all the work that it was going to take to reshape your future. And that's exactly what happened. Tell us how that hard work and the, those tough teen years ultimately got you to where you are today. You ended up going to Central Michigan, I believe, to play, was it? Yeah, I think it, what it really did, Nick, was it made me, it forced me rather to deal with things emotionally and mentally in a way that's far superior to my age. And some of, you know, even, you know, you and I as CEOs and our peers, I know people who are 50, 60 years old as CEOs who are dealing with some of the emotional complex matrix that I had to deal with when I was 15, 16, 17. And so what it did is it, I mean, that prepared me. It prepared me to go on to Central Michigan and play three seasons before getting recruited by the San Francisco Giants and playing three seasons before putting myself into this crazy world of business and, and being able to excel at a high level. I mean, it's, uh, I think, 90% of this entire game, whether you're an athlete, you're an entrepreneur, or a CEO, whatever it is, 90% of this game is the psychology of the person because go to, like, we're living in an internet age, bro. Like, you, you have Google and you have YouTube where you can find any strategy. It's not about the mechanics of how you get things done anymore. It's about the psychology. Can you handle the punches that you take? Can you get back up? How hard can you take them? How hard can you punch back? And... For me, like it's never been about talent. It's always been about hustle. It's always been about developing the skills. And I think that's kind of this battleground that a lot of people play in mentally is like they try to focus on the strategies on how to get what they want when the strategies are everywhere. All you got to do is look up. But it's more so about the capacity mentally, emotionally that you have to control what you can control and not dwell on the things that you can't. And so I kind of took that through my baseball career and hey, it's worked out pretty well. At some point, 
everyone is going to have to learn to be resilient. You just can't go through this life without curveballs and obstacles being put in your way. You had to address that really early on. And as you describe it, you said it's a, a blessing in disguise because you learned that resiliency early on. I had a golden path straight to a liberal arts college that happened to be paid for me. I didn't have that, but guess what? Through athletics, through injury, through frustrations, I had to also learn resiliency. And it's so funny when you say, if you go back and talk to your 14 year old self, that that kid probably wouldn't have appreciated it. Just like when I was injured and, and my career was coming crashing down around me at the age of 29, I would have done anything to get out of that situation. But now as a, as a CEO at the age of 35, I look back as that the defining moment of my life in terms of resiliency. That season allowed me to start run gum. It allowed me to learn more about myself as a person, as a family member, and what I need to be successful. So I, I, I go back and I think about that, that tough summer of my life, and I'm so grateful to have gone through that experience. And you hear this a lot from other people who go through really challenging things like losing a family member or, or surviving cancer, and they say, I've gone through this valley and I know that I can overcome anything because I overcame that. And hearing mm -hmm. your story, I just I get goosebumps thinking about all that you've overcome to become the man that you are today. It's, it's really incredible. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think the word to me that people come up to me sometimes and they're like, Hey man, like you're 31 years old. You started this organization. Like, you know, you guys were just in Forbes, you guys did $68 million in sales. Like how, like, how are you doing it? And were you lucky? Did you hit it at the right time? You're just like an overnight success. And it's sometimes you have to, as a public figure and within my circle in the fitness boutiques franchise space, it's becoming that. And, you know, when I'm out and about at conferences and things, people recognize me, you know, I want to have empathy and I want to understand where they're coming from. But what they don't understand is the nine years old to 18 years old with all the physical abuse. So they don't understand that when I was like, I've been working my face off since I was 15 years old. Like I'm a thoroughbred entrepreneur. I used to flip cars. I had a 1989 <laughs> Ford probe that I worked all summer with my uncle on the roof to earn $2,500 nailing shingles and, you know, flipping tar and using the pitchfork to scrape off tie uh, shingles and throw them in the garbage. And I earned $2,500. I bought this 1989 Ford probe. You remember with the fog lights and they had oh, the yeah. lights that kind of raise and only one of them worked. And I lived in Michigan in the winter. So like half the time I'm having to jumpstart it, it's like it was bright purple colors. Could Luckily, Morgan and I were solidified at this point because I would definitely would not pick up chicks in this thing. <laughs> and uh, I flipped it. I put it on eat when I started, when I found out about the internet, I started being coming like fascinated with it. So I flipped that first car, bought a, uh, was a 1999 white Pontiac Grand Am, flipped that, bought an Expedition, flipped that. By the time you know it, by the time I'm like 19 years old, my first year in college, I go from having zero dollars two years before to having about $6,000 in my bank account, and I had a 2005 Ford Mustang. You're a hustler. That, I mean, you're it, just a born hustler, basically. You're an opportunist. I, I, and you, it's, you, Dude, it's in the DNA. It's man. in your DNA. I, I know what you mean, and that's that's what leads me to this next topic. I, I just looked down the list of all the things that you're doing, and I want to plug every single one of them. You've got Burn Boot Camp. You've got Burn Media. You've got the book. You've got you know all the things that you're doing personally. I could try to walk down that list, but no one can sell it better than you. No one can prioritize it better than you. Of this giant empire you're building, what's the one thing when you wake up, what's the thing that gets your attention first? You know, what, you're being pulled in so many directions. Where do you put your attention first? I just try to simplify. I think for me, it's radically adding value because there's lots of fitness companies. Any trainer can teach anyone to do a push-up. Any fitness entrepreneur or franchisor or, or business 
everyone has a great product. Everyone has a great service. Like we mentioned it, the competition is at an all time high, but I'm not focused on my competition. Cause if you're focused on watching your competition chase their goals and their dreams, then yours are just running further away from you. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the analogy of, of the racehorses in the Kentucky Derby and how they have blinders on the masks that they wear. Cause if they look left or they look right and they focus on their competition, they're going to lose a step and they're going to lose the race. And in business, it's not a race. I mean, you and I know that like there's no such thing as the best because there's no agreed upon metric to say who's the best at any given time. But what's true about business is that when you add more value to the marketplace than anyone else in your space, you're going to get reciprocation for that. And so I try to simplify it. And when I wake up, yeah, there's a bajillion things going on. And I try to solve without asking, I try to solve people's problems and address their pains and reverse engineer those and give them solutions without asking for anything in return. I love that. So when I get up every day, I'm like, how can I help? You know, you hear it all the time, you know, wake up and like serve more people and they will serve you. Well, I don't care about being served at this point. Like I was a millionaire when I was 26 years old and my wife was paying my cell phone bill when I was 20. Like (laughs) it's, it was a radical shift in that mindset for me. Like, yeah, money's important, but money is a vehicle for me to have the freedom to be able to create the content that adds value to people's lives. Because I don't want people to suffer like I had to suffer when I was a kid, you know, and people are in their own heads and they are, and, and a lot of people are suffering today mentally and emotionally. And I think that uh, burn boot camp, it's my main thing. It's the 85% of what I do every single day. And uh, I just envision this world, Nick, where the majority of people can wake up today and love themselves and be happy with themselves for who they are because you're beautiful. Love that. Man. But also, be excited and inspired and motivated by what you can be tomorrow when you take action and when you make a decision to rip your life open and take it to the next level. So that's pretty much what I'm focused on every day is, is how do I get more people to love themselves today and be excited about what they can be tomorrow? Is that really what led to the creation of Burn Bootcamp? I think what led to the creation of Burn originally was the fact that when I was traveling playing baseball at Central Michigan and and both with the Giants and various minor league teams, I would stay with host families. And a host family is, if you don't, for those listeners that don't know, is basically a family that takes an athlete in uh, as an athlete travels and competes across the country. So I had a bunch of different quote unquote host moms who loved my natural kind of way of inspiring them to <laughs> eat healthy or work out. Cause I was always a leader. Like that was my, that was my superpower. Like I wasn't that great. I worked hard. I was a good leader, a great teammate. And you know, coaches love that, but that's just who I am. And so my family's picked up on that too. And largely, you know, believe it or not <laughs> in this country, our obesity rates rising and people are unhappy with themselves physically and emotionally because of that. And so these host families that I would go to, I would help them without asking for anything in return. And I would see and feel the satisfaction of one of my host moms after, you know, a summer of me being in proximity to her and having her be influenced and inspired and then spilling that over into her family. I saw how fitness and not only mental, but emotional and physical and spiritual fitness could create happiness. And then when I was done playing baseball, I got released. I'm bawling my eyes out in my hotel room. My wife calls me. She's like, keep moving. 
I'm like, all right, I can't go backwards now. Like, look where I came from. I can't go backwards. Keep moving. So on my plane ride from Scottsdale, Arizona to Naples, Florida is when I had kind of one of those, you know, we call them like magic moments or aha moments. And I was just like, shit, this is what I, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. I want to feel the satisfaction selfishly from helping people like I've helped my host families all across the country because their problems are real. And maybe their problems aren't physical abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, but their problems are lethargy, lack of energy, lack of vitality, no happiness in their relationship. Lack of and knowledge I, too. Lack no. of knowledge, right? And I knew that I could help. And so I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, aha, burn boot camp. Let's go create this business model. But that's when I knew that this pathway was one I was going to walk down. Yeah. You know, I think you just address so many of the things that people want. They know what they want, right? They, they say, I want to, I want to be fitter. I want to be healthier. I want more money, but they don't know how to get from here to there. And sometimes they need motivation. Sometimes they need knowledge. Sometimes they need a little, you know, kick in the butt. It seems like you're ticking all of those different boxes with what you're doing. And it sounds like you kind of really learned this, this way to inspire and motivate and educate, you know, as you were traveling around from, from host family to host family. It's got to be one of those things. And I, I know some guys that have played in the minor leagues. It's not an easy life. But here you are, rather than just taking resources, giving back to the community that's supporting you. I, it's very admirable. And uh, do you still keep in touch with any of those host families? Uh, yeah, a few of them. Nicole DeHope is one that I keep in touch with. Uh, she is from Fort Laramie, Wyoming, and that was a college one. Um, a lot of them kind of we lost touch over the years, but she's one that I can remember that uh, I used to run up to the gym every day. We were in Fort Laramie, Wyoming, right? So like what else is there to do <laughs> besides shoot like shoot guns off a mountain and mountainside and, you know, go fishing and like That's a good day baseball. in my book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 that's a great day. I learned a lot about uh, about the outdoors when I was out there. Did, um, uh, but yeah, so. Her. Did you ever play in Boise against the Boise Hawks? I did not play in Boise. I actually will be opening burn boot camps in Boise oh, here pretty we soon. Go. So I will be visiting uh, there here shortly. I, I grew up in Boise. We've got a lot of listeners there. So you, all you listeners in Boise, make sure you check out burn boot camp. What's the yeah, best? What, yeah. What's coming, the best way for them to coming strong there very soon. So okay, yeah, good to hear. yeah, it's a good, it's yeah. a great city. Um, people there are active, passionate about being fit. And, and I think you'll love it. If people want to check out burn boot camp, what's the best way for them to check that out? really anywhere on the internet. But if you want to check out Burn and myself, the best place to do that today is on Instagram. Uh, I also have a podcast called the Devin Klein podcast where, you know, I really talk to our clients about mental, emotional, spiritual, physical fitness. I talk to trainers about entrepreneurship and building a business. And I talk to franchise professionals and business owners uh, along the lines of how I've, I've done what I've done. And I really try to add value there as well. So that's like my longer form content is on podcast. And then obviously uh, the shorter form content is there over on Instagram. And my wife also, I have to mention uh, her podcast is growing super fast. It's called Coffee and Kettlebells and it's the Burn Bootcamp podcast. Everybody got to check that out too. My wife, Morgan Klein is our CEO and co-founder. You guys are just building an empire, man. I'm impressed. I want to go check all this out and I'm definitely going to download some of those podcasts. I talk to you know a lot of really incredibly successful, motivational, inspirational people, but you've got me more excited than just about anybody. So what's <laughs> next for you? I mean, I know the spirit. I know the attitude. You've got to see you know a dozen angles um, at any given time. What gets you excited moving forward? Is it continuing to build the burn brand? Is it continuing you know along this this path of motivating and inspiring, or is there some totally new challenge just waiting for you that you want to you want to tackle? You know what? I think I was put on here for a purpose. So in, in terms of anything new, 
I think there might be some innovation within the core of what we're doing, but here's what it is for me. Like I really feel, and I think you can concur that this whole culture of health and fitness is broken. It is broken. There's, there's so many gaps. I mean, think about, think about the opportunity that we have. 16% of people have a gym membership in this country. Nearly 70% of people are obese or overweight and there's fitness and online trainers and influencers everywhere. You can't go anywhere without finding it. So what's the disconnect? There's a, that's broken. And my mission is to, I haven't got it all figured out yet, but in the last four years, we've grown from zero to uh, zero to a hundred. So I will continue to try to reverse engineer why this culture is broken and uh, be the spearhead to create a world where People wake up every day loving who they are and are inspired about who they'll be tomorrow. You know, it's almost like there's just too many darn chefs in the kitchen and, and anyone trying to tackle their goals is going to go to the internet and Google, how do I accomplish this? And they're going to have 25 or 100 people chirping in their ear. It's, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're creating this one-stop shop where some, someone says, hey, I trust Devin. I trust Morgan. I know that they are going to, you know, shoot me straight and they can find you know, resources to educate them on how to lose weight, how to tackle their fitness goals, how to become inspired, how to be motivated. It is truly fantastic what you are creating. Well, hey, likewise, my friend, love the product. Uh, you're helping so many people get to their goals as well. And I think uh, with guys like you and I running running businesses and, and focusing on, on growth and focusing on impact, I think that we can do some damage. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep spreading the mission. Love the podcast. And uh, thanks for having me. Will do, Devin. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, make sure you go check out Devin Klein on Instagram. You can also find him at uh, devinkline.com, and we'll put all these links in the notes below. Devin, man, keep kicking butt. Thank you so much for your time. All right, you too, brother. Take it easy. Keep moving. Talk soon. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.